You're listening to the Fifth Down UK podcast. Got a collection of Rams fans here, delighted Rams fans. You got to be delighted with Extra that. Extra delighted. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. Got to win in Wembley. It's the first one. Have you traveled over for this game? Yes, sir. We're all from Los Angeles. So you've all come from LA for this game here. Yep. You brought the weather, of course. Yeah, yeah, we came for the weather. <laughs> Rams it was sunny today. Yeah. Rams season ticket holders. So you've come. This is your home game. Yeah. Okay, Congratulations. Game. Good win. Yeah, very exciting. Now we, we go. We go on our bye week, and hopefully we we'll come back stronger and win the division again. Well, it's going to be a tough division, isn't it, with Seattle and San Francisco up there? It is. Uh, Cooper Cup played a great game, though. Uh, you know, Rams right back on track, have a couple more home games and a little bit easier schedule coming through. So, What is it with Goff and Cooper Cup, especially in that first half? It seemed the Bengals didn't know what to do. No, yeah. I mean, that they've been a great relationship the whole time they've been on the team. And that is always Goff's go-to receiver, and they're going to keep on uh, rolling this year. Yeah, I was surprised at how many football fans there are here Whoa, in England. So, many, like, yeah. so I say American football. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's right. But, I mean, it, over the, the past few years as well, the knowledge of fans over here has, has definitely grown. I've spoken to a few players this week about that. But uh, as you guys have experienced it, there's a large number of Rams, Rams fans. There's jerseys from every team represented. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's really uh, interesting to see the turnout. I would have never thought there was this many NFL fans, like, uh, you know, kind of worldwide. And, and uh, yeah, it's just awesome to be here and uh, to, to see everybody, you know, come to watch the Rams. Well, you guys are season ticket holders. So, yeah, how, what was it like giving up a home game? I know you guys are tenants in, in your home stadium at the minute, but giving up a home game and then giving it up for London. You know, your team's been committed to London. You had Mexico, we were supposed to have had Mexico last year. Right. So, you know, you've kind of drifted until you get your new home. But how do you guys in California feel about the whole NFL London thing? Yeah, I mean, um, for us, I think it's actually worked in our favor, right? Like we got Kansas City game back in Los Angeles last year, best Monday gate night game of all time. Right, yeah, a bit, bit of a snorefest that one, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, I think everybody in Los Angeles is everybody's just very excited for the new stadium opening up next year. Right? You have a multi-billion-dollar stadium coming through. Where I mean, we're gonna build a whole city over there. It's restaurants, it's bars, shops, hotels, it's a whole NFL experience. Where we're hosting what the World Cup, the Super Bowl, the Olympics, BCS Championship games. Right? We'll get some of these uh, international games out of the way now, so we can host 10 games a year at home, and that's gonna be. Uh, very, very exciting. How do fans feel, you know, Rams fans feel about their team just having to travel once a year at the moment? I guess once you get your home, things are going to be different, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because like we, I mean, we're in, really in, indifferent to it. Like, okay, we have, for us it's just another away game. So we watch it on TV and we're cheering for them at home, at the bars at home, wherever. I mean, to us it's not, it's not that big of a deal, but when we do have our new stadium, I think It'll be different. We want all our games home. <laughs> in the wild card hunt? Uh, yeah, I think we are. Without a doubt, we're getting back on track. Team's playing well, and uh, Rams trying to go back to Super Bowl. I mean, that is, we're a win right now, and we're going to keep on uh, doing whatever we can to make sure that we bring championship back to life. Yeah, I haven't got any first-round picks for a while. <laughs> no, not for a couple <laughs> years, but it's okay. <laughs> it's quite it's okay. win now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we get their players when we need them, and that's how the structures work for us. So a few first-round picks, I mean, Vegas we haven't had a first-round pick Vegas in probably fan. four years. What's your reaction so, to that? It's all right. We're okay with we're it. We're waiting on another quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Number one draft pick, we just said losing is winning. 
to be a Bengals fan. You got a big game coming up soon with the Dolphins, haven't you, at some point this season? <laughs> a big game with the Dolphins. Yeah, we're taking to see who's getting the number one pick, correct? The toilet bowl. The toilet bowl, and we're going to see who takes the best crap. Is all the blame on Andy Dalton? Or, yeah, no, no, you, no. You look at that offensive line as well. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the offensive line is a scapegoat for this whole thing. It's not about just Dalton. It's not just one person. The players all over the team, they're, they're suffering in different spots. But Dalton, I can say, without him there in a number one pick and a legitimate guy that can improvise, this game is 24 to 24 right now. Yeah, it's, it's almost the story of your season, isn't it? Because they're a Plenty of games that you've been in and you've competed in. You went to Seattle, you competed in Seattle. Every you've single been in game. competition with you've been with these guys toe to toe with the Rams. Every single game we've been in except the 49ers game. And I'm just here to tell everyone, if you don't watch the games or you don't follow these games, the difference in an improvising quarterback that can get some first downs on third down is the difference between this whole thing. And like you said, those games when they're close, you gotta have a guy that can win it all. So have you traveled over for this game? Yeah, Washington, D.C. Wow, yeah. So how was the trip, bar the result? Pretty good, pretty good. Seven hours, like, no, nonstop. Good travels, loved it. Loved London, loved the rain. I loved the weather. I loved the, the, the shopping. I loved the people. I loved the accents. I want it. I want it all. I want to come here and play every year. So can you want to write to Roger Goodell and ask for a franchise Let's here? Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, okay. Me and you. Let's go. I've got his email address upstairs. <laughs> Welcome to the Fifth Down, your UK pigskin podcast. Hello again. This is the Fifth Down UK podcast. You can hear the hum of Wembley Stadium in the background. They're mowing the lawn. They'll get it ready for the Jags and Texans in just a week's time. I'm stood in the Rams tunnel. This will be the Jags tunnel the next time I stand here. It's a victorious tunnel here. The score finished 24-10 to the LA Rams. They both head off on their bye. The Rams still in that wildcard hunt. 83,720 people saw the Bengals losing streak continue. They are at 0-8 for the season. Speaking of the Bengals, we heard there some fans who are a little bit frustrated with their team. We're going to hear from some more fans who traveled over from the States to support their team. Expectations are relatively low, obviously, but there is hope and optimism. Like I said, the LA Rams were the 24-10 victors in this game. I went down into the locker room after the game and spoke with the man who scored the opening touchdown, which is Josh Reynolds. First of all, Josh, congratulations, touchdown at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, man, it was awesome, man. You know, can't, 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 can't beat it. Yeah, you got a big beaming smile on your face. What's it like scoring a touchdown at the home of football? Oh man, it, it was awesome, man. You know, I got I got a lot of energy from the crowd after I scored. So, you know, it kind of reminded me back of my college days. Yeah, I mean, the people have said, players have said, I should say that you know, the the whole London experience is like a real festival of football. It's it's obviously different to a normal home game for you. And you said that you could feed off that energy. Yeah. What is it that to you that makes it so special? Man, you can, you know, something like that, you can just kind of feel the feel the vibe from the fans, you know, you can feel how, how into the game they are and, uh, you know, and it's easy to feed off of, you know, when, when you've been playing this game this long, you know, you know, you get, you get little things like that, that, that help you get through it. So, you know, shout out to the fans, man, in London, they're awesome. Very cool. Look, the fans appreciate you guys coming over here. Obviously, the more football that we can get, the better as far as we're concerned. And as you can see, the, the game just keeps growing over for here. Sure. For sure, man. And I want to thank all the London fans for coming out and supporting. 
how's the week been for you, the whole preparation? You guys flew in on Friday, so there wasn't too much time really to get adjusted to the time. And then our clocks go back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the time change was definitely a, a you know, a head turner, but you know, when, when you, when you kind of professional and you got games like this, you got to get used to them, you got to get over that hump and, um, you know, compete. You got to get your head around whatever time difference, and then we throw the clock back as well. I've been confused all day, so I don't know how you guys adjust to it. <laughs> luckily, you know, luckily we ain't been been out here too long, so you know our body's still kind of in East Coast time, and so you know, ready ready to get back on our time zone. <laughs> yeah, get back in a time zone, but thankfully now you've got a bye week, so you can help yourself adjust. What will you be doing in the bye week? What's it going to store for you? Getting healthy. Yep, getting healthy, uh, getting my body back right for um, that next that next game. Yeah, next game in a very strong and competitive NFC West this year. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. NFL, man, you know, can go either way all the time. Well, you guys are still in the hunt. Congratulations once again on your touchdown at Wembley. I appreciate that. The lights of Josh Reynolds, who scored the opening touchdown here at Wembley Stadium. You can hear the lawnmowers in the background. There's a lot of hub going on we can see the Rams players walking past they're heading onto the coach and then off to Heathrow I'm stood in their tunnel it's the home team tunnel here at Wembley Stadium also in the locker room after I caught up with a, an old friend of the podcast spoken to him many a times that is Eric Weddle Eric I know it's a team game but congratulations on uh, a personal triumph you got your first, first win here, yeah. here in London needed it it was uh gosh they wouldn't go away uh, fought till the bitter end, but shoot, uh, played great all three phases. Mm. Offense didn't turn the ball over, pretty much shut them down for most of the game. They got some yards late in the game, but uh, when we had to buckle down and get them off the field, that's what we did. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys on defense contained them pretty well throughout that game, and yeah, you seem to be in control. And when you had to come up clutch, you guys did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, up until the last two series, I mean, they really couldn't do much uh, on us. Throughout the game, they had the one drive, the one touchdown drive where we they had a couple mistakes on defense that we could shore up. But, uh, you know, I love our resolve. I love the toughness. And uh, shoot twice down there inside the 10, eight plays that we had to get them stopped, and, and we did. So that's something that uh, you can always turn back on when you get in a tough game because we've done it plenty of times this season, but we'd much rather hold them out of there and not get them down there. And it keeps you guys in contention, obviously, going into the bye now, but it's a, it's a really tough division that you're in this year. Definitely. I mean, the Niners and the Seahawks are playing outstanding. Uh, we just got to take it one week at a time. Enjoy this bye, get, get healed up, rested up mentally and physically, and we've got eight games, everything on the line. Let's go get it. And how was the week for you? How did it compare to previous visits? Obviously, you got the dub at the end, but in terms of like the build-up and uh, you know, your sleep adjustment, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's still, I mean, I was up, I was up from one to four last night. Uh, even though I got enough rest over the last couple of days, you're still, you're still not adjusted like you would be if you stayed here for the entire week. So, but I mean, that's the way it is, but you can't, I love playing out here. So, uh, however it works out, if you come for the week or you get here Friday morning, you make do and do it the best you can, but you get out there on the field and you see all the fans, how much support we get and you see everyone supporting their teams that they love, it's just a cool atmosphere. And, you know, I cherish these moments. It's probably be my last time coming out here, and to finally get a win, it's something that I'll uh, remember forever. What's unique about the British fans, the European fans? 
just their their passion and how much they support their teams. Like it, it's cool to see everyone supporting their team, who they like or their favorite players, and seeing their jerseys out there. It's just a, it's a cool environment, cool atmosphere where you don't get in the states. You know, you're either home or away. You don't you don't get the mass of fans where they're supporting a bunch of different teams. So. You know, we just tried to put on a show for them. I think they enjoyed the game tonight, and hopefully we'll, they'll see more of us. Very sentimental Eric Weddle there. He thinks this may be his last visit to London. He won here, finally, with the Rams, 24-10. Now the Bengals, they go to 0-8 for the season. It's going to be a long flight home for them. Who knows what the future has got in store for them, especially around draft time. We can hear some pieces of staging and equipment being wheeled off through this LA Rams tunnel. I can see Jared Goff walking past me. Now I say congratulations to him after his appearance on the podium. He's left here triumphant. The Bengals, however, got a lot of work to do. I caught up with a few fans before the game who had traveled all the way just to watch their team here eventually lose at Wembley. We got an Ohio man, you travel over to watch your Bengals, the 0-7. I'm sorry to remind you, Cincinnati Bengals, but you're here in London. Congratulations. Well, I'm I'm here and I'm happy, and I doesn't matter, doesn't matter what the score is, I just love my team. Are you trusting the process at the minute as far as, you know, obviously the team building is concerned, you got your young head coach there. Obviously things haven't gone according to plan this year, but you haven't been too far out in games. Look at that Seahawks game, for example, at the start of the season. You almost went to Seattle and won. Well, we're obviously not a very good team right now, but we're a lot better team than our record indicates, I think. If we had an offensive line, I think we would be maybe four and three. But it is what it is, and we have to live with it as a fan, and we'll wait till next year, and we'll get some good draft picks. We'll come in and see what our new coach can do next year. Last time the Bengals were here three years ago, you were the home team, so your team gave up a home game, and you only have eight home games a year. As a fan of that team over there, how did you feel? Does, does, does that rile you, you guys over there that you've, you lose a home game? Well, it generally evens out. I mean, we, we lost a home game last time, but we they lost a home game this time, and the Rams lost one. So it evens out in the end, and that really didn't bother me. I mean, when you tie a football game, a game it's kind of like a handshake and then a kiss, but... We have to take what happens, and uh, I'm happy to uh, be here again. I was here for the last game. I'm here for this one, and I'll be here for the next one if this 76-year-old body hangs up there. Hey, well, congratulations. You look a lot younger than 76, sir, I can tell you that. Well, you're a charmer, man. You're a charmer. How do fans in Ohio, what, what do you guys make of the whole NFL in London? Oh, we think it's magnificent. I mean, the European Bengals fans are just absolutely incredible. London is an amazing city. Uh, I, I, I can't express how much fun I've had since I've been here. It's just everyone's treated me marvelously. The fans have all just been great and enthusiastic fans. I could not have a better time than I'm having. What is it that makes it so unique and special? I know obviously that it's outside of your country, but what I speak to fans every game this year, Spoken to different fans, obviously fans from California, fans from Carolina, fan like yourself from Ohio, and you all love it. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think one of the parts of it is is that we get to see our teams all the time, and there are a lot of very enthusiastic European fans who this is a special occasion for them. 
I mean, we have a lot of excitement at our games, but it's nothing like the excitement here. I mean, you get a, if you're a Bengals fan and you actually get to watch them play once in three years, I mean, that's got to be a really exciting thing for you. And all that enthusiasm filters over to us uh, as we come over here and meet the, the uh, fans here. All of that enthusiasm just uh, it just rubs on off on us, and we just love them. We, I mean, I tell you, I can't say enough good things about the European fans. I can't. Welcome to the Fifth Down, your UK pigskin podcast. First, there were four games. Now, there are just one that remains. It's the Texans and the Jags, an AFC South affair, something that we can get very, very excited about. Andrew Whitworth walking with his kids past me as they leave the LA Rams locker room. His kids were kitted out in proper pads and everything. They had people smiling and laughing in the locker room while the players were talking after the game. I tell you what, he is a beast of a man. We saw Tyson Fury on the field here at Wembley Stadium. This guy, Andrew Whitworth, could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him, I think. Well, let's look ahead to the next game, the final game of the London games. The final NFL UK game will be at Wembley Stadium, 2.30 next Sunday. The Houston Texans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Earlier in the summer, I spoke to the kicker of the Jags, Josh Lambeau. Part of the reason why I love coming to London, just Europe in general, is the history. You know, getting to play at Wembley for me personally is, I mean, it's a dream come true, being a, being a footballer growing up. Uh, my first ever youth international was uh, against England, U16s in Swindon. I got to play and shut out Theo Walcott. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so I'd never thought I'd be playing at Wembley wearing pads and a helmet. Um, but uh, Wembley is very special for me. You know, I've been to Goodison Park a few times. I had some trials with Everton. Um, on my 16th birthday, David Moyes actually offered me a contract. Is that right? Uh, no way. And Theo Walcott now plays for Everton as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, unfortunately didn't have my EU paperwork yet at the time. Went back a year later, had my dual citizenship with Greece. Unfortunately, it didn't sign me then. That's why I ended up going with the MLS. But um, yeah, just the history of so many of these stadiums here is immense. But this is, um, this is really special. Just tell us about that crossover then, because clearly you were so close to becoming a professional footballer, a Premier League footballer, right. potentially, and then you head back to the States for various reasons, as you just said. Right. And then you're a kicker in the NFL. Well, at what point did you transfer those skills? Yeah, so I, uh, I essentially got released from FC Dallas, um, went on trial actually with Sheffield United. Uh, that fell through, went back to the States on trial with DC United, that fell through. Um, and then I wanted to, I thought, okay, soccer is no longer an option. I need to go to a four-year university, get my education, get a big boy job. <laughs> and I told my mom what my plans were at this point. Yeah, I, I, went, uh, I moved out of my house at 14 to pursue soccer. Um, thankfully, that my mom is lovely and was missing me after seven years. And she says, well, if you're going to go back to college, why don't you come back to Wisconsin and learn how to kick field goals for the Wisconsin Badgers and live with your mother? <laughs> and so really it all started as a joke um, and I said well what do I have to lose and so I reached out to a buddy of my brother's uh, my brother played soccer at University of Wisconsin he knew the kicker there at the time a guy named Taylor Melhoff yeah so I reached out to him I said hey man I'm Zach's younger brother we've met a few times on campus um, this is where I've been this is where I'm going can you help me that was May of 2012, and he taught me how to kick, and then come September, I was on uh, Texas A&M. What a story. Uh, what year were you in Sheffield, at Sheffield United? That would have been 2000 and January 2012. 2012. Oh, okay. Look, I was living in Sheffield. I lived there for a number of years, and it was 2006 when I left. I used to park my car behind the cop. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It uh, you know, didn't work out for me. Um, 
and you know, a childhood dream of playing overseas here. I got to internationally, obviously, but um, you know, it's hard to, hard to complain with where I'm at now. Well, let's turn our attention to the other football, the pigskin football. Right. You've managed to play at Wembley yeah. with the Jags, yeah. and you guys have had success there. They had a sticky start when the Jags first started playing games over here, but unbeaten now in, what, five, six years? Well, we, uh, Do you really feel like it's home when you guys come over here? Yeah, so unfortunately we did lose last year to the Eagles. Oh, yeah, sorry. Super, super I, I, I blanked that from my mind. Sorry, Josh. You no, know, I just right. erased it. <laughs> unfortunately, I remember it all too well. <laughs> it was a personally a great game for me. I mean, I set loads of personal records. Um, I broke the Jaguars franchise consecutive field goals record. Uh, hit my personal long 57 yards, which is the longest field goal made in the UK. Um, so it was an immense game for me. Unfortunately, we didn't get the team result we were looking for. Um, so I've gotten to just play here once. The Jags have been here, yeah, five or six years. Yeah. So I think we kind of have it down to a little bit of a science. You know, the coaching staff, the support staff really understand it um, and what the best way to go about it is. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get the result last year, but we're excited to come back and, you know, to our, uh, our home fan base here in London. And, uh, you know, it'll be exciting to play the Texans here on uh, November 3rd. Do you really feel like you get that home advantage now at Wembley? Unfortunately, we're here. We're stood at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Unfortunately for you, you're not going to be able to play here as a Jags player. But right. you get Wembley. That's fine. Yeah, see, Who cares? <laughs> Wembley, you can't really beat Wembley. Um, so in terms of the home field advantage, I think just the the uh, the experience of traveling really helps us. Mm-hmm. In terms of the home field advantage, you know, coming over here is so great. I mean, all 32 teams are represented every game that come over. Um, so it's a really neat atmosphere. You know, we certainly do have a decent amount of Jags fans. But I think the biggest advantage we have is just our, our support staff understands the traveling but probably better than most clubs. Josh Lumbo there will be seeing if he could break his field gold record here at Wembley Stadium next Sunday. Hope you've enjoyed the game here. We've had three pretty decent games in London so far. Let's hope we go out with a bang on the 3rd of November. Remember, remember the 3rd of November. Hopefully, we'll have fireworks at that one. But to keep the NFL spirits up here in London, let's hear from an NFL UK ambassador. It is the one and only, the legendary Osi Umenyora. Joined by the face of the franchise for the BBC and NFL, O.C. Aminura. What's up, man? Nothing, man. How you doing, my man? Yeah, very good. I feel, feel honored to meet an NFL legend and a British-American football legend like myself. Oh, okay. That's cool, <laughs> man. You look the part. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. My, I'll tell you my, my humble football beginnings. I grew up, I was born over here. I grew up in Winnipeg in Canada. Watched the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Played Pop Warner football. Played nose tackle in nose one game. Let, let me tell you this. Our title year, okay. age 10. Six sacks in a game, my man. No, you did not. I did? You tied my record? Mate. Six sacks in a game? Just from the nose guard position? Absolutely. That is impressive. I was like a little whip. I was a Wolverine yeah. along that defensive line. These offensive linemen, they were big guys. Yeah. I was quite small, but I, I found a way of just getting around the yeah. center and sacked that quarterback six times in a game. That is, that is impressive. I know how hard that is to do. Very difficult thing to do, even in Little League. Hey, I tell you, just think, we, we ended up moving over here. We had a choice between Chicago or a place up in Lancashire called Ramsbottom. We went for Chicago. Uh, sorry, we went for Ramsbottom, not Chicago. Just think, I could have been involved in that 1999-2000 draft. Our paths could have crossed on the absolutely, playing field. You're absolutely right, man. But guess what? Our paths crossed now. Hey. And that's equally as important. And that's what it's all about. And here we are. We're talking about the NFL in London, in the UK, when I first moved over here at the age of 12, 13, we had to, I had to hit record on the Channel 4 late at night to be able to watch the games. And now, you, obviously, we've got games over here. Everything is consumable, and it's just 
growing. It's grown exponentially, even over the, the last, what, 12 years since the first games in 2007, when you were over here. Yeah, yeah it's, been, um, it's been incredible. I played in the first game in 2007. Yeah. And, um, you know, to think about that game then and to think about where we are now, even working, um, covering the games and discussing them and, and things of that nature, it's, the growth has been amazing, exponential, as you said, and I, I can only see it continue to grow even further. Yeah, it's fantastic. Obviously, we've had two games at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the money that's been invested in that venue. We've got two games coming up at Wembley. We've got 25,000 extra people at those, but there was something extra special about that Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I thought, because that first game, two storied franchises, well-followed teams, supported teams over here with the Raiders and the Bears. They had an electric atmosphere. I was intrigued to see what the atmosphere would be like for two with all due respect, lesser teams on this side of the pond in the Panthers and the Bucks, but it was just as electric, wasn't it? It was amazing, man. I think that just shows the appetite for, for American football out here. Raiders, Chicago, obviously that's gonna be a, a massive game because of those two big fan bases, but Carolina versus Tampa Bay, you know, like you said, the fan bases aren't quite as strong, but to see the support that they had, it was a home game for Carolina, basically. The support of that football team, F.A. Obata, yeah. you know, coming out, coming over and playing. It was just an amazing atmosphere, amazing game. That Tottenham st Stadium is, um, quite frankly, just from the outside looking in, it was probably the, one of the best stadiums I've ever seen. So um, they did a really good job. The NFL has done a really good job with that. Hopefully we'll get more games played there. You wish you could play it at you could just rewind the clock, just maybe just for one game and you can yeah, play it there. Yeah, if I could yeah. rewind the clock, but yeah, yeah, yeah. not like right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. But rewind the clock, absolutely, man. That would have been special. It's incredible, really, how, how it has grown over here. And I think the knowledge of the fans over the last decade yeah. has grown. From me speaking to fans, even where, for the first time we had two games over here in 2013, which was six years ago, yeah. to now and the conversations that fans are having outside and around the venues. That's thanks to people like you educating us on the television. You know, and on behalf of everyone, we, we thank you for that. Yeah. But it's, it's fantastic. And as a former player, it's made you feel proud as well to see the general knowledge and the interest in the sport growing over here. Definitely, because um, like you said, you had to hit record on Channel 4. Sure. And so in, in order for people to know as much as they do, that's like a task. That's not like an easy thing to do. You have to be a real fan of the game um, to actually know exactly what's going on. So the fact that there's so many people now who know and they're having intelligent conversations, they know everything that's going on around the football game means that these are people who are dedicated. It's not like in America where it's just thrown at you. Here, you almost had to fight for that. You almost had to go searching for that knowledge. Yeah. I think now it's more accessible with what we're doing and um, you know what Neil and them are doing with Sky and, and, and all the partners of the NFL. But um, to see the fans who, who have actually dedicated themselves to learn about the game and, and to have, see them have more knowledge, if, if not the same amount of knowledge as the people in America, is a really impressive thing. Of course, you as the face the franchise for, uh, for the BBC. Let's talk about your former team, the New York Giants. Bit of a, a tough start. And guy you used to play with now it looks like but do you think he's going to hang up his cleats now do you think that might be it as far as Eli Manning's concerned or could you see him it's going to be an interesting offseason next season I think we're going to see a lot of QB movement yeah. but w what do you think is the next step for Eli well you know it's, it's difficult for me to say because I can never really tell another man what to do sure. um should he retire should he not retire what I can say is he's done everything he needed to do in the NFL. Um, Super Bowl champion, twice over, Super Bowl MVP, Pro Bowl player, played 16 years 
in the NFL at the quarterback position for the New York Giants. What, what more can you do? Um, I think you're going to say Hall of Famer, yeah? Hall of Famer? Absolutely. He's yeah. an absolute Hall of Famer. So there's, there's nothing else for him to do in regards to the NFL. Even if he goes and wins another championship, what has he proven? So um, for me, if I was him, I would sit down, but I'm not him. If he wants to continue to play, he needs to go ahead and do that. When you decided to call it a day, did, did you know? Could, could you feel it in your body? You know, what, what, at what point, what moment do you think, um, that's it, I'm, I'm done? Yeah, you, you just kind of, yeah, I played 12 seasons, so that's a, that's yeah. a, that's a, long, <laughs> that's a long time yeah. as a defensive oh. lineman. That's, yeah, yeah, um, that's a lot of hitting. Man. Those are the trenches, you know, so um, it, it was a difficult thing. Um, your body starts to break down mentally. You're not quite as excited to go to practice. So the games are always the games. They're always going to be fun. You're always going to be excited to do that. But the preparation um, to play in that game on Sunday, the grind, the practicing every day, the things you have to put your body through to get it to Sunday, I just wasn't willing to do those anymore. And um, you just have to you just know, like, I'm, I'm just not willing. I don't want to cheat the fans. I don't want to cheat myself. I don't want to cheat my team. Um, I've done everything I needed to do. I was able to win at Super Bowls myself. So it was time to sit down. So where are the rings? Oh, they're at home, man. I don't, yeah. I don't wear them are out. They, uh, pride, of, pride of place you got them? Yeah, so? definitely in the safe. You'd never see me wearing my rings out, man. It doesn't. And the only reason why I don't do that is because uh, Deion Sanders once said something to me that really made sense. He was like, you never see an Olympic gold medalist walking around with their gold medals on. So why, if you want it, you want it. So um, he said that to me. It stuck with me. I just, I just never put them on since then. Neon Dion, is he the GOAT? Oh, cornerbacks, absolutely. There's been nobody better than him. He was a true shutdown corner before those even existed. Another goat, Tom Brady, 42 years old. You talked about, you know, when you knew that it was time to hang up the cleats. But what is it that sets that guy apart from everyone else? I, I, I saw the there was an interview with him at, at his locker last week, and he seems to have toned and, and got younger. I don't know what he's drinking. It's, it's that TB12 plan. It's working. Definitely. Something's working for him. He's 42. He's still playing at a very high level. Just won his last Super Bowl last year. So he's playing a, a lot better than at least, you know, 20, 25%, 20 uh, of the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So as long as he's able to continue to do that, how do you tell him to go sit down? But also, he needs to be concerned about his health also. I know he's doing that TB12 thing, yeah. but the NFL is, is a brutal, brutal game, and it's going to beat you up. Um, his body's beating up for sure, no matter what he's talking about. So um, at some point, it's got to come to an end, no matter who you are. And he, has a, he, he deserves a chance to ride out whichever way he wants to. I spoke to Dontari Poe last week, and... Uh you know, he's a big guy, and if at the age of 42, you want somebody like him landing on top of you. Nah, definitely not, man. I mean, that's a, NFL's a young man's game, man. I've always said that, but at the quarterback position, it might be a little different because you don't get hit as much right now. Um, you're protected quite a bit, but it's still a young man's game. Uh, look, before you go, things seem to be falling into place for the Patriots. Luck seems to be heading, you know, landing their way with the injury to Mahomes, uh, and the AFC just looks like it's obviously there for the, the taking for them. You look at the NFC and how stacked that is. The Niners are quite a surprise package. Uh, they're unbeaten at this point. And they've just traded for Emmanuel Sanders, so they're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo's going to have that number one wide receiver. We'll put you on the spot. We're going to look towards February 2nd in Miami. If you were to choose to pick two teams squaring off there, who, who is it in your mind right now? If I was to pick right now, 
It would have to be New England against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I wouldn't say San Francisco. Um, they're an outstanding football team, don't get me wrong. And the way they're built, they're built for the long run. They're going to be good for a number of years because they have a solid foundation with their lines, good quarterback, good running game. Now they got the receivers, so they're going to be really good. But then you look at the way Green Bay's playing defense. They're playing outstanding defense, and then they have the best quarterback in the NFL who's just not getting started. You see what he did last week. So um, you put those two things together, they, they seem to be clicking at the right time. I just don't see how anybody's going to be able to beat them deep in the playoffs with that guy pulling the trigger at the quarterback position. Welcome to the Fifth Down, your UK pigskin podcast. Well, thanks to OC there and to everyone and to you for downloading the Fifth Down UK podcast. Tell a friend about us and then get them to tell a friend and like us on wherever you download your podcast from. We'll be back with more reaction from the final London game at Wembley Stadium. Perhaps I'll be stood here in the home team tunnel. It'll be the Jags tunnel next time. These LA Rams signs are going to be going down very soon. Thank you very much. This has been Fifth Down UK Podcast. <laughs>